The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Brother Bert is, hold on one second, folks, I'm sorry. Let's try this again. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley. It's my privilege to sit in this week for Brother Bert Harper. And part of that is because he is at the Fishbowl Retreat for pastors and uh, that they're being well-received. I, I know that Bert's there. I know JJ's headed that way, I think, tomorrow. And so it's going to be a really good good week for them. But my other good friend, Dr. Alex McFarland, is with me via our Comrex system. And Alex, you had a little something-something going on this weekend yourself, didn't you? <laughs> what a blessing, Jim. It's great to hear your voice. And we welcome everybody to a brand new week of Exploring the Word. And Jim, I just want to praise God and thank well, thank AFR for helping us, but all the people who came to South Carolina over the weekend for Truth for a New Generation. Jim, it was a spirit-filled weekend. Oh, good. Uh, you know, you and I were talking earlier, and you were sharing with me how many folks came to the Lord this weekend. Exactly. And we were in South Carolina, and Friday night we had great music. We had Frank Turek to speak. We had Miki Addison. And Friday night that we know of, at least 20 people prayed to accept Christ as their Savior. And dozens and dozens more came to the altar to pray, and we were, of course, challenging everybody to pray for America. And um, without going into too much detail, just really had some pretty intense ministry uh, praying for people. The Holy Spirit was moving in a strong way. And Jim, then on Saturday, we had incredible speakers like Sandy Rios and uh, Bishop E.W. Jackson that I want to tell you about that. Uh, Bishop Jackson got standing ovations. Sandy Rios was amazing. Jim, Truth for a New Generation, we had people from Minnesota, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Maryland, of course, all over the Carolinas and Georgia and Tennessee. And then Sunday morning had more people accept Christ and get saved. And B.W. Um, Jackson preached, and I gave an altar call in two sessions Sunday morning. But I want to tell you, um, you know, it, it was easily the most spirit-filled Truth for New Generation conference ever. And I'm sure there are people there uh, hundreds of people that uh, were at the event, and they're probably listening right now. Uh, keep the fire, folks. As as Sandy Rios said, and as E.W. Jackson and Frank Turk said, you know, we are that remnant, and we must pray for our nation, win souls, stand strong for truth. AFR, of course, is here to equip you and help you do that. But, Jim... Uh, it was a year of hard work getting ready, but I think the fruit was very, very tangible. When do you start planning the next one? Well, do you know what? Right now we're talking to a church in Arkansas. We're talking to a couple of churches in Texas. And uh, the, the next big thing that is officially on our calendar is our Biblical Worldview Summer Camp. Mm -hmm. That is uh, July 17th through 22nd next summer. 
we do this, and we've done it for 20 years, a youth camp. And, of course, we didn't do it in 2020, but we've got a big youth camp July uh, 17 through 22nd. Will and Mickey Addison will be there. Um, but if if you would, stay tuned to my website, uh, alexmcfarland.com. The, we're going to be doing several TNG Worldview conferences next year from spring to fall, and we probably will go live with some of those dates within the next two to three weeks. Amen. So coming soon to a city near you. Um, you know, Jim, as much as I love evangelism, and we we don't ever go anywhere that we don't explain what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, the thing that, that is so thrilling to see also is revival. And Jim, you know, the word revival comes from uh, two Latin words, and it really means a return to the things that bring life. And when we see the church touched by the Holy Spirit, and people, I mean, Jim, there were people at the altar weeping tears, not only praying for America, but just the tears of joy. And, uh, you know, the Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. And when I hear Christians just talking, isn't God good? Isn't mm-hmm. God good? When, when we start praising God, um, the Spirit of the Lord really begins to move, doesn't he? He sure does. I've got one more question for you about the event from this weekend, and then we'll move on to Ezekiel, which is our Bible study today. But um, you were talking about EW and Sandy Rios and some others and their messages. Are you going to put some podcast up of any of that? We are. We are. And it's funny, I was just, before we went on the air, um, there, there's a very dear lady who's worked for Angie and me for 20 years. Her name is Carla McGlynn. She and her husband might be listening right now. And Carla is amazing. And I was just on the phone with Carla. We've got audio from every session. Frank Turek, Mickey Addison, E.W., myself, even the breakout speakers, Dave Glander and uh, Paul Suarez from the Old Homeschool magazine. And what we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be putting all that on alexmcfarland.com. might take us about a week, and I will make everybody aware of it. It'll, it's free, no charge, just it'll be up there for free. But i, I got to say something, and everybody was phenomenal. And those of you that were at Truth For New Generation, you know. Uh, but Jim, I've been saved 35 years, and I, I've heard my share of preaching. Saturday night, Bishop E.W. Jackson, and he has a show, by the way, every day, folks, called The Awakening. You can mm-hmm. hear E.W. every day on the American Family Radio Network. Saturday night, E.W. Jackson preached a message on revival, and it was Romans 11, the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. And he talked about America is a called nation. We are a called church. And every born-again believer is a called individual. Jim, I'm going to say it was the most powerful sermon I've ever heard in my Christian life. And uh, I'll, I'll make you aware when we get it posted online, because, I, I mean, the, he almost couldn't preach for getting standing ovations, Jim. Mm. And isn't it a thrill? If you've ever been in a meeting like that, and I mean revival is thick in the air, if you're ever in a meeting like that, you'll never forget it. Am I right, Jim? Absolutely. And I, I, he's just that kind of speaker. By the way, you mentioned his, 
mentioned his daily program, The Awakening, here on AFR. Sure, sure. He also has Sunday Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson, and that's at 11 a.m. Central Time. And that will actually give you a little flavor of his preaching more so than, you know, and, and don't misunderstand me, he does a great job on talk shows. But as far as just straight out preaching the word, if you will listen on Sunday morning between, uh, or pardon me, at 11 a.m. Central, then you'll hear some of his sermons from his church. And I yeah. think that you'll be blessed by that as well. So uh, kudos there, Alex. It sounds like y'all had a great weekend. Well, I'll say one last thing, and and by the way, also, and Sandy Rios. By the every day she's on the American Family Radio Network. Sandy Rios in the morning, and she brought a message about the family, and just the importance of family, and it was incredibly powerful. People had come from what, hundreds and hundreds of miles to meet Sandy Rios and hear her live. Uh, let me just say, folks. If you would like a Truth for a New Generation rally event happening in your town, email me. And this is my personal email. It'll come straight to me, alex at alexmcfarland.com. Now, it might be 2022, might be 2023. But, Jim, I'm going I'm to tell you something. I believe that God wants to revive his church, mm-hmm. and it, it won't cost your church a penny. We'll, we'll get it together will come, but if you're feeling like, um, hey, we've got, and, and this is kind of the precondition, and we're going to get to Ezekiel, but if if Christians unite, and Jim, this is the thrill, Baptist, Pentecostal, Methodist, there were tons of Methodists at this conference, praise God, and they were t- talking about how they were praying for the Methodists, but when Christians unite, and it look, if you're a follower of Jesus, we're family. Doesn't matter what denomination or where you go to church, but if you're a Jesus follower, we're family. And when Christians unite and pray, the Lord shows up big time. So if you want us to find your town and come there, we'll do our very best. Just email me, alex at alexmcfarland.com. Now, Alex, let me make sure I understood you correctly denominationalism won't carry over to heaven? There's not going to be Baptist or Methodist or Pentecostal or Presbyterian churches on the street corners of of heaven? It's all by the blood of Jesus. (laughs) And, you know, one one of our heroes, Bert and I referenced D.L. Moody so often, and D.L. Moody said, God is pleased when Christians work together. Amen. And, Jim, and, you know, denominations, I understand how uh, churches pool their resources for missions, and lo and behold, you know, a, a group Calvary Chapel, and, uh, you know, there's every strata you can imagine. Uh, but you know what? The bottom line is we all believe that Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth. He was born of a virgin. He had no sin. And because of his deity, he is God incarnate, he was qualified to pay for our guilt on Calvary's cross, and he rose from the dead. And by faith in Jesus, we are saved. Hey, we all agree on that. And I, Jim, I really think it is time for the body of believers to unify, link arms and hearts together, and let's call our nation to Christ. Amen. I absolutely agree with that. And that's one of the neat things about working here at AFR. I think we have almost every denomination under the 
roof here. I'd have to double check to make sure of that, but I know we've got we've got plenty to go around, and we always seem to get along great until somebody gives us food, and then we're <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna fight over the crumbs on that. No, not really. It's a great place to be. Well, one last thing, and forgive me for going so long, but there is a band out of Tennessee, and um, they're called the Bird Songs. And I first met them. We have a wonderful pastor in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, Josh uh, Rogers, and he um, pastors Boundless Grace Baptist Church, and they listen. I'm sure many of their people are listening even right now. And um, we've done a few events in Arkansas, and I met this wonderful band, and they're a family band. And Jim, and you, you're a music person yourself, um, when... When you've got good speakers, that's great. Praise God. But when you have got spirit-filled, spirit-led worship leaders, uh, and I first met the Bird Songs through Josh and Boundless Grace, and we've done about six events now, and we had them there. And I want to tell you, uh, they were leading us through the worship, and people were shouting, People were, and we knew the Spirit of God was on the move. Amen. Folks, this is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. We're going to come back to the other side of the break and jump into Ezekiel, the 33rd chapter, as we, pardon me, as we continue the study of major prophets here on AFR. It isn't polite to ask a woman her age, but Dr. Tony Evans says in one case, that sensitive information can teach us an important lesson. Find out what it is as we spend two minutes with Tony. Sarah is the only woman in the Bible where we're told how old she was when she died. It says that a lot about men, but not about women. She was 127 years old when she died. Why would she be the only woman where God felt the need to talk about her age when she died? Isaac is born when she's 90. She dies at 127. That means Sarah has had 37 years with Isaac. I know some of you have been waiting for God for a long time. You've been trusting God for a while. God is still developing your faith. The problem looks bigger than the promise. But the reason God gives us her age is to let us know that when God finally comes through in giving his promise, he gave her time to enjoy it. He made her wait 90 years, but he kept sister girl rolling for 37 more years. So even though the wait was long, she had 34 years with her baby boy. So once you get this faith thing right, and once you act in faith, and once God comes through, if it's a promise for you, he'll give you enough time to maximize your enjoyment and participation in it, but he won't do it as long as you keep going to the flesh. You can learn amazing faith lessons from the lives of biblical characters who are more like you than you realize. Check out Tony's two-volume teaching series, Heroes of the Faith, available online at TonyEvans.org. And be sure to join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
1 Peter 1.13. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Somehow you see through my heart And you welcome me with open arms Just as I am In the good and the bad You still understand And you never stop loving me Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley sitting in for Brother Bert Harper this week, and I'm alongside Dr. Alex McFarland. Now, Alex, just before the break, you were talking to us about the ministry of the bird songs. And folks that are interested in their information can find more information at the birdsongmusic.com. Birdsong, pardon me, thebirdsongsmusic.com is where you can find out about those folks and where they're going to be on tour and also about their new project that they've they've recently released. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Jim. They, they really are. And we've been privileged. We've booked nationally known bands, and we've had lots of singers and musicians, and we love them all. But they are... They just bring a little something extra, the bird songs do, and we love them dearly. Hey, Jim... Uh, some very special words are in Ezekiel 33.1. The word of the Lord came to me. Uh, isn't that powerful? The word of the Lord. And friends, you know, we're, we're looking at some of the, the major prophets of the Old Testament, meaning by length, the, the longer books. But that's one of the beautiful things about the Bible and about prophecy and about the gospel. It is not the word of man, but it is the word of the Lord. Amen. You know, I had a someone last week email us about that and saying he when he referred to the Bible, it he said it was supposedly by God by men. And I when I replied to him, I explained, you know, that that's exactly right. We do know that men wrote the Bible, but we believe they were under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Just like here where Ezekiel is going to deliver the word, it's because the word of the Lord came to me saying, and now I, that is a first-person account, it sounds like, of what went yeah. on there. And that same thing happens for us every time we read the Bible because it is the living word of God. Amen. Uh, I believe that. And, you know, uh, when uh, Ezekiel gets this word from God, there is a, there's a, really a summons or an assignment. Uh, it says in verse 7, As for you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Now, a watchman uh, in the ancient world was, was somebody who stood on the wall, high up on the wall and could see across the horizon, and if they saw danger coming, uh, an invading army or danger coming, a threat to the people, the watchman had an obligation to sound the trumpet, verse 6 of Ezekiel 33. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin. But I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood, says Ezekiel 33.6. Now, Jim, those of us, we, we know the Word of God, and we know the living God. Um, we've got an obligation. Aren't, aren't we 
uh, as it were, the watchman on the wall nowadays. Amen. We sure are. And, and when you look at verse 7 there, that, you know, we talk about the New Testament saying that teachers will be held more accountable. Well, it goes back all the way here where in verse 7 it says, So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. So that's the same thing, you know, in Romans it says, how shall they hear without a preacher? Well, if we're called to preach, then we're held to a higher standard uh, of, of because we are literally become the watchman on the wall and trying to bring the message of the Lord to those. Uh, and and that, that means everybody. We want everyone to know about Jesus. Folks want to say that the, that Christianity is exclusive, yet it's the most inclusive, quote-unquote, religion in the world because we know it's not about religion. It's about relationship. Oh, well, amen, amen. You know, um, there's a lot, it's been said by a lot of commentaries that Ezekiel is very much present in the New Testament. In fact, of course, the very famous verse about, um, you know, I'm going to take out your heart of stone and give you a new heart. I make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And, of course, that's the the promise of being born again, born of the Spirit. But in verse 7, uh, when you hear a word from my mouth, says God, give them, give them a warning from me. Jim, that kind of reminds me of 2 Corinthians 5.20. This, uh, Paul writes this, We are ambassadors for Christ, mm. as though God did beseech you by us. We pray, be reconciled to God. Um, some translations will say, um, we beseech you in Christ's stead. In other words, if Jesus himself were here, this is what he would tell you. Turn to the Lord, repent, believe. So isn't it amazing, and what a high honor that God says, look, give the people a warning from me. We who know the Lord and we who know scriptures, I mean, we are God's mouthpiece to a, to a dark world. You know, you were talking earlier about um, E.W., Miki, uh, Sandy Rios, and others, that, and Frank Turek that spoke this weekend. When they delivered that message from the pulpit, they were accepting the responsibility that went along with that message. And that's what basically God is telling Ezekiel here, that I have told you, now you tell them. And that's, a, again, one of the great benefits of having our written Word of God, living Word of God today, that we call the Bible. Amen. Amen. And you know what, folks? We're in Ezekiel. We're talking about the major prophets. Jim, I don't want to get us off track, but folks, think about this. Last week was Sherathon, and I mean, oh my goodness, people like Abe Hamilton, and Abe has spoken for oh, a half dozen of our conferences easily, and Miki, who is just unreal, and Sandy, and E.W., and different ones, and Frank, um, and Dr. Dobson, who I've had a number of times. Isn't it something that when I go to schedule our nation's preeminent voices of Christian truth, uh, all I need to do is look at the AFA uh, show list, and that's who I'm calling to come speak at our conferences, Jim. Amen. Well, we we have, a, and you know, it's one of those things. Uh, if you if it's true, you're not bragging. Is that is yeah. that right? Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I I used the phrase last week 
that I was humbly proud of our listeners and the way that they turned out to bless us during Shareathon. And folks, I thank you for saying that, Alex, because I do want to thank our listeners uh, because they they blessed us in an incredible way, and we're very thankful for that. We never want to take it for granted. But you're right, and and part of that is because of the vision of Don Wildman when he began the AFR Talk Radio and now AFR, uh, because he believed that we have a responsibility to take the word to the nation. And so Tim has persevered and carried that through. Walker does the same thing. Uh, and, you know, it, it, Wesley and Riley both do the same thing in their different capacities that they do. But if, if we're not telling folks about Jesus, then we're just wasting time. Mm. Well, it, it I, I really do see that wonderful, wonderful partnerships and people and opportunity has all coalesced together. And uh, I didn't want to get us out of Ezekiel, but, you know, it is something. And I was thinking about Tony Perkins, who we've had a mm. number of times and, and others. Um, uh there's a lot of good that's come together, and the momentum builds. And, friend, don't you be discouraged. I know if if, if you just watch the news, it can be a bit depressing. Mm-hmm. But I want to tell you, the good Lord is building a revival. Jim, I believe, I believe, I believe a great revival is coming. I really do. Amen. And, uh, you know, in Ezekiel, there was, there was a lot of talk about judgment. And really, frankly, uh, Jerusalem being destroyed— but we're going to get there eventually. There's there's the promise of the rebuilding of Israel, and of course that's happened, uh, not in our lifetime because it was, but in the in there are still some people that were alive in 1948. But um, Jim, let me just digress for a moment and say this: um, the question is often asked, "Are we near the return of Christ?" and only God knows the, the moment of that. Now, what the Lord does say is be ready. It, to the believer, he says, be ready, be faithful. Walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Be ready, be faithful. First John 2.28, uh, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Christ at his coming. First John 2.28. And the verb abide in that verse is continual, uninterrupted action. Keep on keeping on. Now to the unbeliever, God says, uh, be born again. You know, seek the Lord while he may be found. Here, here's the thing, though, Jim. Noah worked on that ark 120 years, and then the rains fell and judgment came. I was uh, preparing a message on the, the rebirth of the nation of Israel, and while I know May of 1948, everybody knows, you know, that was, you know, when Israel was really restarted. President Harry Truman, a Christian, recognized Israel, and uh, Ben-Gurion was the first prime minister. But in actuality, that was beginning to build for about the last 120 years. I mean, uh, it was the late 19th century, out of a great awakening among Plymouth Brethren, that um, the Prime Minister of England and Winston Churchill worked together to help, um, and and a Jewish Brit named Chaim Weizmann worked to restart the nation of Israel, and and honestly, the rebirth of the modern state of Israel 
was there was a large contribution to that made from a revival meeting that happened in Europe. But I'll say this, Jim. Uh, while it was, you know, really, um, you know, 70-some years ago that Israel was reconstituted as a nation, um, the seeds of that go back roughly about 120 years. My point being, I was thinking about Noah worked on the ark 120 years. Um, we don't know, but I know this. We live in a world where everything is wired up, and, and COVID has made the world um, under compliance of masks and quarantines. And, Jim, I think it's time, if you're not a believer, have your house in order, turn to Christ. Mm. If you are a believer, be on point and keep your eyes open, just like the watchman on the wall. And and we are to warn the sinners and tell them, the, the decla- verse 11, the declaration in the of the Lord God, very famous verse, Ezekiel thirty three eleven. I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked person should turn from his ways and live. Repent of your evil ways. Why will you die, O house of Israel? Um, Jim, it's time to be ready because only God knows when Christ will return, but sure looks like the signs of the times are clearer than they've been, at least in our lifetime. Well, it sure does. And, you know, we were talking earlier about heeding the warning uh, as Ezekiel is delivering it here. And we we talk about telling everyone about that, and we really mean it. Um, it's one of the things that this, the mission statement of AFA, it's one of the reasons why we exist is to help the, the church or here and abroad in the fulfillment of the Great Commission. And part of that is telling people about Jesus, and not just when it's easy to tell people about Jesus, but when it's hard to tell people about Jesus, because sometimes they already have their mind made up as to who this Jesus is and that he doesn't love them, and that's not the case. The love of Christ was afforded to everyone so that we might have the hope of life everlasting. And when we see people that are in the middle of train tracks we don't want to leave them there because, mm. you know, we see the gates coming down. We hear the bells going off. We see the lights, and then we hear the train. And, you know, you can often hear the train before those lights and signals ever come down. And so, Alex, when you said you think we're closer than we've ever been before, I would agree with that. It's like we can hear the horn of the train in the distance. And when we hear that, we know in a few minutes what we're going to see. We need to get everybody off the tracks that we can so that when the judgment of God comes through or when that train comes through, they won't be destroyed. And that's, you know, what you just said there in verse 11 points that out beautifully. Mm. Well, uh, this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about Ezekiel. We could spend a long time on so many verses, because God is very clear. I want to encourage you to read Ezekiel 33, and, um, you know, uh, there's there's verses 12 through 20. It says, uh, Son of man, and that's Ezekiel who has this word from God, not the title Son of man that is used 82 times of Christ in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Um, 
The right the righteousness of the righteous person will not save him on the day of his transgression. Now let me explain. When you trust Christ, you are declared righteous. The righteousness of Jesus is attributed to you, accredited to you. And that's one of the things that makes Christianity absolutely unique. It's in Romans 4. But here's the thing. Even if a, a follower of the Lord falls into sin, um, the fact that you're born again is not going to absolve you from the consequences of disobedience. It's amazing. Verse 12, the righteousness of the righteous person will not save him on the day of his transgression. Neither the wickedness of the wicked person cause him to stumble on the day he turns from his wickedness. Now, what this is saying is, look, a lost person can be saved if you'll turn to Christ and believe. But even a saved person, we're not talking about heaven or hell, but a saved person, if they're willfully disobedient, there are repercussions. And he goes on, uh, and he, he's basically trying to say to the people, turn, turn, because God doesn't want to have to pour out judgment. But if there is disobedience, even Jerusalem, 21 and following, Jerusalem fell because they, they were the called out people of God through whom the Messiah would come but they were in a state of willful disobedience. And the application for us today is, let's turn to God. God's, it's talking about, is God's way fair? It's more than fair. It's full of grace and mercy. Amen. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. And we'll begin taking your Bible questions in just a moment. Alex, it was real hard not to say 877-616-2396 when I gave that phone number out because one, of course, is our listener line. More straight ahead. Now more than ever, Christians are looking for a news source they can depend on to give them news coverage from a conservative biblical perspective. We strive to do that at American Family News. We're looking for a Christian journalist who feels led by the Lord to help us accomplish this mission. If you have training and preferably experience in the broadcast journalism field, we would love to talk with you. For further information, contact News Director Fred Jackson at 662-821-2033. Friendships is looking for full-time volunteer men and women who are serious about serving God, investing time in rewarding work, and helping people in need around the world. There is no charge to serve. Room and board are provided. A willing heart and a desire to work as part of a team are the primary skills required. Check out the opportunities at friendships.org or email portmercy at friendships.org. That's portmercy at friendships.org. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The American Republic was founded on the principle that rights are given to us by God, not men. As a result, men nor government can take them away. That's why our Declaration of Independence refers to our rights as inalienable rights. Government's role, then, is to protect the rights that God has given to us. The first freedom listed in the Bill of Rights, which government is entrusted to protect, is religious liberty. The founders did this because they knew that free exercise of religion is the fulcrum for all liberty. Wherever the flame of religious liberty is extinguished, all liberty is imperiled. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Jesus said in Luke chapter 8, verse 21, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. I heard a story about a little boy pedaling his tricycle furiously down the sidewalk. He went once, twice, three times around the block, and a curious police officer was watching. He stopped the boy and said, Son, what are you doing? The boy said, I'm running away from home. The policeman said, Well, okay, but why do you keep riding around the block? The little boy said, because my mom won't let me cross the street. Well, it's amazing how obedience keeps us close to home, even when we want to run away. Obedience will keep you close to Jesus when you're tempted to go far away from him. Those who obey Jesus are the true members of his family. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. When you're up on the that is the inspiration of our normal producer, uh, Devin Patrick. Mm-hmm. He has a great affinity for Southern Gospel, and of course, I come from a Southern Gospel background and uh, other music as well. But Alex, I know that you enjoy Southern Gospel, as does Bert. So uh, I know Bert's going to be sorry he missed that one. I know, and don't we have not only the Word of God, but really, really good bumper music? Yeah, we do, absolutely. <laughs> hey, real quick, uh, you know, in, in olden days of radio, if you had a live announcement, the announcer would say, well, we got to pay some bills. Well, this isn't a bill that we have to pay. Uh, it is uh, Engage Magazine is teaming up with globaloutreachinternational.org again. That's globaloutreach.org. And what we're doing is it's called the Orange Letter Campaign. And so far in the past, we've delivered letters to Egypt, Syria, North Korea, and Nigeria. This year, we're going to try and get some letters to other folks, and the letters will be sent with Christmas cards to missionaries that are away from home and family during the Christmas season. And this year, they want to focus on shedding some light on COVID-19 how it's affected the missionaries because, you know, some have lost their funding and uh, some have lost some of their funding. Some have lost a good chunk of it. And so it kind of helps know what's going on with them. And so we encourage you to send your letters of encouragement and prayer to missionaries around the globe. And to <laughs> this is the part I always find funny uh, because especially for me and you, Alex, you know, we, we can go on and on. But it says, uh, take time to send letters of encouragement and prayer to missionaries, but keep it to 200 words or less. You know, <laughs> I can write short epistles, and, and folks know that. Uh, for more information, then go to engagemagazine.net, engagemagazine.net, uh, both to send their letters and find out more information. Go ahead, brother. Well, I'm bad. I, I couldn't order a hamburger in 200 words, Jim. <laughs> I feel your pain there because then there are questions. Well, do you want pickles? I'm not sure. Anyway, we won't go we, down we that preachers tangent. preachers get long, don't yes, we? Yes, sir. Man, we, we check out the pin feathers on chicken wings. 
Let's talk to <laughs> let's talk to Lillian calling from Kansas. Lillian, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi, Lillian. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. You have a question? Yes. Would you like to ask it? Um. Um, if there is just one God, how can God fit his son? Wow, that's a great question. And and let me say, hey, this is Alex here. I'm just so honored that you're listening. And it, Jim, it's a privilege that she'd be listening to the radio. Do you agree? Absolutely. Well, let me say this. You're right. There is one God, one God, and he loves you very much. But the Bible teaches us that there is within God, just one God, but there is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that's called the Trinity. And the the root of that, T-R-I, tri, means three, like triangle or tricycle. Think about this. There's a triangle, and there's just one triangle, but it has three sides, and they're all equal and uh, but they're in some ways unique. And so Jesus, the Son, who came into this world to love us and pay for our sins on the cross, and, and we know that God loves us, like the song, Jesus Loves Me, Jesus is part of the Trinity. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God, three persons, just like three sides to a triangle. You know, Jim, on the piano, if you play a chord like a C chord, C-E-G, and a G chord is made up of three notes, G, G, B, D, a three-note chord is called, surprise, surprise, a triad. So the word trinity means three but one, one but three, and that's how Jesus could come because he's fully God, but yet he is the second person of the trinity. Now, Jim, I have to confess, I don't completely understand that, but it's how God has revealed himself, so I definitely do believe it. Oh, amen. You know, because in Genesis 1-1, it talks about the creation of the world, and it talks about how it was created and how all three persons of the the Godhead were there uh, in creation. And so uh, that, so Lillian, thank you for your question, and I hope that helps some uh, because that's how it was possible that God was able to send his son and how the but notice that the son carried on conversations with the father throughout the New Testament and then also said that it was a, that it was good that he was going to go away so that he could send the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Godhead, to come and help us live our life day by day. And so, uh, Lillian, uh, again, great question, and thank you for listening, and, and again, God bless. Let's talk to Mary in Texas. Mary, good afternoon, and welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you for taking my call. It's, I guess, a question, but I'd like your opinion. My daughter attended a ladies' retreat, and at this retreat, the theme of the retreat was... Um, no negative speaking, and it dwelled on if you're sick or somebody you're praying for somebody sick, you can't talk about it because if you speak of this sickness, you're claiming it. 
and um, my daughter came home very, what are you, upset, you know, because um, I don't know how to put it in words, but how can you say you can't say one thing negative even when you you can't pray for somebody who's sick because then you're claiming that sickness when God's ministry itself, Jesus spoke, you know, and the Bible is full of negative as well as positive things, and life is that way too. People get sick, and if you're going to request prayer for somebody who's sick and more specific, well, my husband had kidney problems. We prayed for that situation, and even the kidney special was amazed that his kidneys were better than normal. And you cannot tell me that you cannot talk about sickness. You cannot, when you're praying for somebody who's, well, COVID, and you're praying that they'll be healed. I don't believe that this okay. this negative speaking is wrong. Well, and, and again, there are two different things that uh, that I think may have happened during the conference. I wasn't there. Obviously, I don't know. But we know that James warns us that good and bad, you know, can be spoken from the tongue. But if you look, if you're talking about praying for specifics, let's look in Matthew, the 20th chapter, and you look at verse 30, and it says, And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. And the multitude warned them that they should be quiet, but they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. So Jesus stood still and called to them and said, What do you want me to do? And they replied, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their sight was received and they followed him. Alex, when we when we pray, we are taught to pray for specifics, aren't we? We really are. And uh, hey, thank you for your call. And, and I understand your concern. I really do. Because there is um, a belief in some Christian camps that to, quote, make a negative confession somehow sets in motion some power that is, and it's really kind of a superstition, Jim. And, and let me say this: in the 19th century, there was a man, and uh, I great 19th century name sounds like a character out of a movie. His name was Phineas Quimby, and in the let me just say this: in the 19th century, after the Second Great Awakening, there were a lot of false teachings that came about, and the one. Um, this guy, and it goes back to an occultic document from centuries ago called the Egyptian Book of the Dead, but a negative confession was to speak something dark or negative or evil, and the words had power to make things happen. And, and this um, guy in the late 19th century kind of modernized some of these ideas, and out of it comes this idea that we, like the God of the Bible, can speak reality into existence. Now, in Genesis 1 verse 3, it talks about the fact God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, 
Jim, I, at the very same time, I understand the power of words, and we are supposed to be a blessing. And, you know, the Bible talks about how a word fitly spoken Mm -hmm. in due time is like apples of gold. And so I realize, you know, we're not to verbally abuse people, and we're not to verbally, um, you know, we're not to use words to hurt people and harm people. And James does talk about the power of the tongue. But at the same time, positive confessions and negative confessions aren't creating reality like only the Lord can do. Sometimes, in in fact, Jim, I was um, getting mic'd up. I was at a church to preach, and uh, I said to the sound guy, I said, uh, pray for me. I've got a little bit of a cold. And he goes, don't say that. I said, why? He said, you have a cold because you said you have a cold. I said, I said, no, I have a cold because I was around somebody who sneezed on me. <laughs> and he goes, um, you need to say, I don't have a cold, and you won't. And I said, brother, I, I, I wish it were that easy, but um, it's just going to take about 48 hours and some orange juice and vitamin C, I think, you know. But um, I, I'm always a little bit... Um, I don't know, concerned when I see Christians uh, worry about things that are beyond the scope of the Bible, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the caller's right. Some some reality is it's not a negative confession. It's just acknowledgment of, of the circumstances we might happen to be in. Amen. I can tell you for sure if Jim Stanley walks into a dark room and says, let there be light, there better be a light switch on the wall. So... <laughs> Yeah, and I and I know I said that jokingly, but it really is one of those things that, you know, if we're in the dark, it could be because the power's off. It could be because we haven't turned the light switch on yet. Just like yeah. when you said you had a cold, you weren't speaking death over yourself. You were acknowledging that you needed the help and strength of the Lord to get through that service that day. And so, yeah. I again, Mary, we understand what you're saying, and we sure do appreciate the call and hope that helps some. Well, let's talk to Rick this afternoon. Rick, calling from West Virginia, welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you guys for for taking my call, and I really appreciate all that you do each and every day. Um, Sort of a question, but I feel like maybe your comments could could maybe help someone else out there. I've been in ministry for years now, close to 20 years, evangelizing and and six years ago to make the story short six years ago i lost my wife to cancer of of 28 years Mm. and uh she was as like most inly godly uh woman uh, wife she was uh she's right there with me in ministry and she just played such a vital role in, in my ministry uh when she passed the lord took her home of course, it, it really just took the steam out of me, but it really affected ministry. It took, I just felt like I couldn't minister. I didn't feel like there was no power. Just almost, at one point, almost just threw in the towel for his ministry goes. But I continued to, to seek God and, and stay in his word and had a lot of Christian brothers and sisters that rallied around me and it took almost three years to really get back on board with ministry again. I guess my question is, is this something normal that happens? 
And I thought, thought maybe you guys would have some input on that that maybe encourage someone else out there that's going through something similar. Rick, that is a great question. Um, I know that my wife's a big part of my ministry when I go out. And, uh, Alex, I know that Angie's a good part of yours. She may not travel with you all the time, but, you know, you have a prayer warrior at home. Um, It is hard if you lose a spouse and you're in ministry because you may not think you can go on. But, again, you have to remember that you're not doing it out of the power of yourself and while adjustments may have to be made, and man, you got to grieve your wife. You know, you got to grieve your husband. You, if you if you're in music ministry and you lose your husband, you got to grieve. And grief takes different periods for different folks, doesn't it? It really does. And you know, my my heart goes out to you because I I realize, oh my goodness, how a, a godly wife is just such an asset. And you know, Angie has held my arms up and supported me. And, you know, they say the Reverend Billy Graham, when his dear wife Ruth Graham went to heaven first, you know, he um, just a piece of his heart was gone, you know. But there's a season. I was reading Ecclesiastes this morning, Bert. There's a, there's a season for joy. There's a season for weeping. And, and it's okay to grieve and to process. But how we rejoice in the knowledge that there's a reunion day coming. We're going to see Jesus plus all of those loved ones who preceded us. Amen. Folks, you've been listening to Exploring the Word. That was Dr. Alex McFarland. I'm Jim Stanley in for Bert Harper. And we'll see you again tomorrow as we continue to talk about Ezekiel. If you weren't able to get your question in today, send it to us, word at AFR.net. That's W-O-R-D at AFR.net. I almost said word at word, and that would have been messed up. Hey, Alex, thanks for letting me hang out. Bless you, Jim. Have a great afternoon, folks. Washington Watch comes your way after news here on AFR. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.